Welcome to the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Marco, with my lovely co-host, Jessica. And Jessica, you know what? It's been a while since we've done this like this. I know. We're actually back in our little room. We are. Just the two of us. In our little recording studio branch from part of my office. Yeah. At home, no guests. No. Because the past few episodes, we've been outside with guests. We've been in the kitchen with our four little guests that are ours. (laughs) We've been out downtown with guests. Mm -hmm. We've been out at Pete's Cider Social with guests. We've been all over with guests. Yeah. But now it's just us. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. (laughs) So lame. I probably should edit that out later, but I probably won't. Nice. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight? I am having a bullet rye whiskey old-fashioned. That sounds like something I would drink. It is exactly what you would drink, and it's double, because that's the kind of week it's been. Oh, yes. Well, that will get into this episode a little bit. What kind of bitters did you use? Orange bitters. Nice. Yeah, so it's good. And then there's the sugar-free simple syrup that we've been using. So it's the low-carb... old-fashioned kind of like yes. did, did we talk about it in episode 16 we, or was it on the we list did. I, we it had to be on the list because we drink them all the time we love them. <laughs> not all the time but you know oh wait wait to make it sound bad but if you are looking for low-carb cocktails uh they are or skinny cocktails they're episode 16 download that one yep it's, it's a good full one. of them and that was summer cocktails and we've tossed around the idea Ooh. When we get into fall, we do fall cocktails. So that might be, you know, we did the summer cocktails right before Memorial Day. What do you think? Before Labor Day? After Labor Day? Probably after Labor Day because, like, we've still got the pool open right after Labor Day. It doesn't feel like fall. No, and we always have that extra summer. It feels like mid-October maybe we should do it. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Before the holidays because holidays you you wind up with a different kind of drink. Maybe, like early october because it seems like right after mid-october right when we have like the cross-country championship it's always a hot meet the next day it rains Mm. and then it's cold the rest of the season and the runners love it because my runners perform best in cooler temperatures yeah so we should aim for that sounds awesome marco what are you drinking tonight you know, I had some fancy stuff lined up, and I had picked out some recipes, but it's it's been a nonstop day, kind of like it's been a nonstop week. So a little bit boring. Uh, I went with a mint julep with mints out of our backyard safari garden, which is just taking off. It's amazing. We haven't spoken about that for a while. And most of the seedlings and pods took off. I think we left them in their little egg crate starter kit. A little bit piece, too long. A little bit too long, so some of them didn't take off. I mean, they took off in there. We're like, oh, we'll let them grow a little bit more and look like the picture, the pictures we see. Yeah. We should have transplanted them on schedule. We didn't. But things like the mint, the basil, the, the basil thai is basil. amazing. And honestly, I'm shocked because usually basil doesn't do well in containers. Well, it's And do- it's just beautiful. We should when take we a transplant picture. It, yeah, it's taken off. The thai basil's taking off. The yeah. oregano, the thyme, uh, the rosemary. Uh, there's a few other things I can't remember. Chives are taking off. I think bergamot, something yeah. with a B. Yeah, whatever that is, is, is growing and that's exciting. Is it? Well, do we it, know what to do with it? We I, don't know what to do oh, with it, but see, it is growing. See so. all the other herbs. I know what to do with them, both in cooking and then also with ingredients to kind of make fancy cocktails. Yeah, 
Uh, we'll have to pull out the little instruction manual that came with it to find out what to for, do with the For bergamot. the uh, grow your own cocktails? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a mint julep, uh, Woodford Reserves in it, uh, mint from the garden, and then just to kind of have fun with it. Oh, and of course, uh, uh, the zero calorie uh, simple syrup mm-hmm. alternative. But to have a little fun with it, I did put in some grapefruit bitters just to give it a does little it twist. go with the mint well? It does, but I went easy on them. Yeah. So with that, sweetie, it's been quite a week. Indeed. Cheers. Cheers. Well, darling, before we dive into our main topic for tonight, you've been talking about it's been quite a week. What do you got going on? You know, we've just, um, we're starting to get into that period where we're transitioning the kids back into school, but this is the time of COVID. So as of right now, we're supposed to go to school, but you never know what the world's going to throw at us and if we will actually be going to school or if we're going to start and maybe go for two days, but then we'll be home. Like the whole thing is really confusing. Um, and nerve wracking. When everyone's going, well, what's that school district doing? And what's that school district right. doing? And what's yeah. your school doing? And Everybody's doing something a little bit different or a little bit similar, but I, I don't know. I think everyone can relate to it. This whole thing has been a make it up as you go. And there's the playbook went out the window a long time ago. I think everybody is just trying to do the best that they can with the resources they can. Yes. Um, there's no argument there. Yeah. So, but I mean, it is, it, it does get confusing and it does get it wears on you when you're constantly thinking about this and you're trying to gameplay different scenarios that could happen um, nonstop and you've got like seven in your head all at one time. And you're like, okay, which one am I really going to hope for and focus on? And what happens if the worst case scenario happens? And and if you're dorks like us, it's not just <laughs> gameplay and like, if I do this, what's the consequence? It's the second order, third order and fourth order and fifth order effects kind of play down the line and then you're branching out from there so if you've done brainstorming before or even if you think about almost like a march madness bracket in reverse yeah it multiplies quickly all the different avenues you have to go down and think and it's exhausting mm-hmm. i mean again that's just us and that well not just us because we know other people like us who do this sort of thing when they're thinking things through it's not just if i do x Y happens. It's if I do X, there's Y and Z or possible outcomes. And then if that happens, then it's A and B off of one and another branch is L and M. And just it keeps going and going and going. Right. And you try to look at all those possible outcomes and okay, then how do I mitigate those things? And there's so many unknowns, you can't eliminate some of the possibilities. And Right. And then yeah. um, when you've got children that maybe have challenges and you look like at all the... Do. Right. And you look at all the possible scenarios with, with that, then it becomes like super stressful and kind of heartbreaking um, when you're looking at all the different options that may or may not happen. Oh, yeah. As, as I was laying out, I was thinking like, Wow, this sounds so cut and dried and clean, and it's not. No. It's sloppy, messy. It's all over the place and varying degrees. Even some of the outcomes, it's like, to what degree would that happen? Because that changes what the next order of effects right. could possibly be. 
and you just can't, but it doesn't decrease the stress related to what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's been like a constant thing in the forefront of my mind. And then I've had some general work things that I've been excited about and also stressed out about. So that also makes me feel anxious, makes me feel stressed, not necessarily in a bad way. No, but actually, because yours, are, some of yours are awesome opportunities and new possibilities. Yes, and I'm so excited about them. But I'm a worrywart, and you know, anything new, it's sort of like, ooh, if I get it, that would be amazing. But also, if I get it, that would be scary, and I don't know. And you know, all it's it's all of those unknowns. And and how are the kids going to respond? And well, how is right. this going to fit with our schedule that we don't know our schedule <laughs> exactly. yet? Because is there going to be a schedule? How is this going to work if like? You know, you have to go to this location, but the kids are here and, you know, everything. Oh, right. So, I mean, it's exciting, but at the same time, a little nerve wracking, a little, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We always do. We always do. We, you know. Sit down with a really big calendar and a whole bunch of colorful markers. (laughs) How's your week been going, Marco? Uh, I've had betters. I mean, I don't know. Work's been, like many people, work's been a challenge. Uh, during these times, it's not, it's not the best business climate for my primary, uh, work, but, uh, we're, we're managing to keep our head above water, keep treading water or treading water, I guess. So, but that's, that's stressful when you run your own company. And then on top of it, uh, cross country is supposed to be starting and I'm people who know me. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably figured out I'm, what some might call anal retentive, <laughs> super organized. Um, and it's mainly just because I'm a solo coach with a big team and it's all about organization for me. It's lining up those dominoes. And when you kick over the first one, it's like, all right, it's like a roller coaster. Hang on, here we go. Because there's only so many adjustments you can make going in. So I, I lay out, uh, I actually give a syllabus. Uh, it used to be, and the base document is left over from one of my classes that I taught when I was a professor. And it's expanded. And as things happen, uh, I've added new clauses. But it lays out, when we go into the season, everything. It explains, if you're new to the sport, it explains the sport. How do we score the sport? It explains what are the uniform rules. Because there's a lot of rules with track and cross country in terms of uniforms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What's our policy for weather? What are policies for transportation? No, your 18 or your 19 year old boyfriend can't <laughs> sign you up. No, I don't care if you're an 18 year old, you're not signing yourself up from the meet, you know, stuff like that. Uh, all things I've run into before. And it just explains it all. And I get teased about it all the time. And I get other coaches going, Wow, oh, I'm never going to make one of those. And it's like, What do you, you have too much time on your hands? It's like, No, first off, I started out with a base document that I had that was really like a four page syllabus from four or five when I taught classes. Mm-hmm. But you have to put so much in. I mean, the transportation policies are one page right off the bat to explain it. Because I've got sixth grade parents, well, parents of sixth graders. Right. Yes. This is not some sort of <laughs> crazy no hillbilly town that we know about. No. Yeah, all the way up to parents who are seniors in high school. And some of these parents, uh, I mean, their kid could be on the team for a potential of seven years. Yeah. And if they have multiple kids, we're talking a long time where I've had these parents. They're like, oh, you know, and some of them are like, yeah, we know what sections to go look at. Mm-hmm. We know what you change. 
but and it's got the schedule and I keep records in the back because they always ask, well, what's the school record or who recently were the captains? Well, that's in the back. Oh, I want to go to state. How do I go to state? Well, the qualifying standards and the rules for qualifying for state are in the, the syllabus, along with the map for our regional course and who we're running against and the map for the state finals and all that stuff's in there. Uh, so I've been building this thing out and I at first stab at it. I'm like, OK, I've got to make modifications for the new year. Mm-hmm. Now I got to make modifications for COVID. That draft was done. Then um, the state of Michigan, or actually the MHSAA, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, came out with their guidelines that they've been working on all summer. Right. Cool. Doctors and lawyers and coaches and and coaching associations and everybody, administrators are all working together on this thing. They came out with a great set of guidelines in general for all sports mm-hmm. and then specifically for each fall sport. Awesome. So I went through all that and modified all my procedures and everything again. And some of it I was already on target with, and some of it was like, oh, yeah, I can, I can do that. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we're ready to go. Actually, this weekend would have been when I release it to the team the weekend right before the season starts. I don't know why, but we start on a Wednesday most years. That's really weird. Well, but that's... I that, know that it's just the way it is. I just find it very weird. Football starts in a typical year. Obviously, football's not starting right away this year. But football starts on a Monday mm-hmm. in August. And that Wednesday, everybody else gets to start. It's so bizarre to me. But that's it's like... funny that football gets an extra two days to start practicing woo, ahead of I, everybody else. Woo! I, I don't know. I'm sure we can make all sorts of jokes of why football needs an extra two days. Well, we could, but let's not do that tonight. No, let's not pick it up. It's like that meme we're from uh, King of the Hill. If they could read, they would be mad. <laughs> I should make fun because I played football. I played football for the school I coach at, but I also ran cross country and track and wrestled there too. Uh, no, I, I don't know why the football players get an extra two days and why they're like, well, yeah, I, I've been told by their coach that they need conditioning. I'm like, I've got the sport where you don't just show up and get in condition in no. a week or two. I have the one where you need two or three months to get in shape for, if not more. Yeah, the kids that don't bother to condition during the summer are the ones that wind up vomiting during that very first run. <laughs> or I had one kid who vomited for the first half of the season every practice. You did? Yeah. Oh, I don't think you mentioned that to me. He just graduated. Oh. Yes. I only had one senior graduate, senior boy. I had three seniors from the track team, so you can figure out who it is. I had no idea. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, so a lot of work on that, and then we got the, uh, we got a text message. And by the way, we didn't uh, start this podcast just to hash and sling mud and dirt uh, towards your employer or uh, the schools I coach at or other schools too. So if, by the way, if you're tuning in this episode thinking that I'm going to start spilling beans behind the scenes <laughs> or I'm going to start uh, slinging dirt at individuals or the school or the ministry, that's not what this episode's about. So you can tune out now. But You should keep listening though. You should keep listening because we got some great things to say. So anyway, we were getting up and I get this text message. And it says, uh, we're, I'm in a meeting. It's from the AD. He's like, we're, I'm in a meeting, and at the moment, they're talking about canceling all fall sports. So we're going to have an emergency meeting uh, in two days among the varsity coaches for fall. And I'm like, and people start asking questions. 
and he's not replying. And so anxiety levels are going through the roof because I'm not the only coach who's been prepping a season. Yeah, you can see your heart rate on your I, on your watch there. I can't. Can. I was texting you, and I'm like, you know, I'm looking at my resting heart rate because I was leaning against a wall. Kid one was out in. Um, she had hockey. I can't remember if it was goalie night or if it was the all girls night. I don't know. Which is a pretty cool event. Um, side note, but uh, I'm looking at my heart rate, and I'm in I'm in the rink, which is I, I jokingly refer to as the cone of silence because. <laughs> I'm on the Wi-Fi there, so with, uh, with my, my phone, I can get, if you have an Apple product, I can get your text message mm-hmm. through the Wi-Fi. If you have an Android or whatever else, I have to wait till I'm back on my cellular data outside. Fascinating. If you want to call me, well, tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can FaceTime me uh, with an Apple phone, uh, or with an iPhone, but you can't call me. So it, it's there's a degree of privacy, and it's nice. So I wasn't getting anything extra once I was in there. I had gotten the text message driving there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every so often I went outside to go, mm, any news? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> went back inside. So I'm leaning on a wall and I was still, and I look at my heart rate on my Fitbit and it's at a level, a very high level. And I'm looking like, holy crap, my resting heart rate is usually in the 50s when I'm just chilling during the day in low fifties at that. And this was around 82, 83. My heart rate that used to be my just chilling in a chair for 20 minutes, waiting for the drop heart rate when I was over 300 pounds. Right. And I used to come out and, uh, when I worked out in the DC area, I'd come out of my office and I'd sit in the lobby and just, relax and i would take my heartbeat uh, my heart rate on two different devices an activity tracker and then also my cell phone had a thing where i could put my finger over the camera and oh yeah you know and neither neither were perfect which is why i used two of them to kind of match it in and Mm -hmm. you know routinely be in the mid to upper 80s not so good not so good uh definitely a sign of improved health over the years Mm -hmm. uh and working hard on that but my heart rate was up there just stress going, what do you mean there might not be no season? I mean, it was one thing when um, the state shut us down for track. Right. Everybody in the state was shut down. But the state had just published that we were returning a few days earlier. Mm-hmm. So, and then it just said, they are talking about not letting you, uh, you guys have sports. And I'm like, well, who is they? So then, of course, I start planning out through my head. Could they be the state? Well, that doesn't make sense. Could they be the governor? Well, that doesn't make sense either yet because numbers are improving, which I mean by decreasing or flattening out depending on where you are. Right. Uh, could they be the school board? Maybe. Could they be the conference? Well, that didn't make sense because they had just made modifications to the schedule like two days earlier based on the state guidelines. So it was a lot of unknowns for a few days. Uh, luckily... For me, I got to go play hockey later that night, and I stopped thinking about it for a while. And then since then, we've had the meeting. We've had, you know, it's just like on top of the normal things through a week, which has already been like for normal things was kind of a stressful week. There's this hanging cloud of are we going to have sports or not? Are we going to have some sports or not? 
I do like that in Michigan, we've classified the fall sports of the state. We being the state did it. Mm-hmm. And there were high risk, which is football. I think everyone can understand why football is classified as high risk in terms of COVID. There's moderate risk and there's a degree in there. And that's things like soccer and volleyball. Volleyball being indoors, close together, shared equipment. It's not like every time a kid, one kid hits that ball, someone can fly through the air and sanitize the Lysol ball. Lysol it really quick. Lysol it like... <laughs> We don't have some like big trouble in little China mad flying ninja skills to like Well, I was just thinking get like those giant aerosol cans and just spray them continuously <laughs> at the volleyball court. But you can't find them anywhere, so that's not a possibility. I like my version though of the uh the kung fu fighters yeah, flying through the air in ridiculous fashion. <laughs> Kudos to John Carpenter on that movie. Uh one of my favorites still, even though it is totally like it's horrible. a horrible movie and I love it. It's awesomely oh. bad. So, Highly recommended if you haven't seen it. <laughs> soccer is also moderate risk, but the low risk end are things like golf, mm-hmm. outdoors, no shared equipment. You can do social distancing. Tennis, outdoors. The ball, it is a shared ball, so it's on the higher end of low risk. Um, but then also cross country. And we've got a lot of clients, oh, it's all these kids, hundreds of kids breathing on each other. And it's like, no, 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 no. Read the state guidelines. Maximum of 70 kids per race. There's not going to be that many bodies. And then I'm like, we're a very small school. So we're division four. When you put 70 kids in the race, it's not 70 kids all running between in the 16 minute, 17 and 18 minute ranges. Nope. They are spread out from the 17s. All the way back to a half hour. Yeah. So it's at max 70 kids really, really spread out. And then they've added other things like, you know, widen, asking people to widen the course and everything. Uh, I already heard one of the local high schools will not be using their home course because it's too narrow. It's a uh, county park. They can't widen those trails. And I mean... It would wreck the park. Right. So they've already made contact with another high school in the area going, can we use your course this season? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of shared spaces like that. Yeah. And I think that's going to be amazing. Um, I actually saw, um, it's slightly related, but slightly not, um, in the local like paper um, today, there was a story about some, a company that actually bought a 90 acre, I think it's 90 acres, maybe it's 75 acres, outdoor gym facility space and so like all of the gyms that have been shut down due to covid could potentially move their classes and their equipment out to this giant outdoor complex that's awesome and and have their activities out there and then you know that's good for their economy it's good for the people in our area because then they can go and engage in their favorite activities again but be outdoors physically distanced from people and that would be You know, you mentioned that, and now I'm thinking, so we have, in our town, we have two ice rinks right in town, which is amazing, because I was growing up, we had no, like, real ice rinks. Everything was, like, a flooded volleyball court or a flooded pit, maybe, that we had to go shovel. But now we have the main uh, indoor rink, great facility, love hanging out there. Mm -hmm. But we have the one that they built um, a little while ago, and everyone's like, oh, that's... Yeah, that's always been here. It's like, no, it hasn't. We just grew up here. We moved away, and then they built the thing finally. And it's enclosed on one side. And it's covered, and Mm -hmm. it has one wall, and then it has a warming house. 
And in the summer, they, they of course, melt the ice when actually about mid-March. And it's got a uh, concrete floor, and they play pickleball, or you can rent it out. I'm surprised no one has rented out that space and just put treadmills in there. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Because it's not an indoor facility. It's mm-hmm. outdoors. It's covered, so you're not out in the sun. If it rains, the treadmills won't get ruined. Right. You could put plastic sheeting on a frame between each treadmill. Mm-hmm. And, of course, space them, I mean, more than six feet. You could definitely do, like, every 12 feet do, Absolutely. A, do a treadmill. That, of course, now here I am with the Good Idea Fairy coming up with that one, <laughs> and it's August. Yeah, that window is closing Closing rapidly. fast, but... <laughs> Like you just said but, something that sparked you know, it, so maybe someone's listening in and going, "This Aha. could this could still be an issue next year. We don't know. A good chance it probably will um, be. So maybe that is an option if if this is still happening and we still have to deal with this. Well, but relative to my team, though, I'm still dealing with. Right. Um, I had to send out that email, and I actually sent it today, where I'm like, "All right." Cross-country season officially starts in Michigan on Wednesday. This email usually contains my syllabus. It contains your performance log. It contains everything we're doing for week one and all the details. This is not a usual year. So I got to wait on a few key details. One of those key details being, are we having a season? Because kind of a big detail, kind of a big detail, uh, it's and I'm waiting and it's not it's not like I'm just waiting for the the athletic director to make a decision. It's not his call. It's nope. up the food chain and the administrators at the top level have got all these advisory committees that they're waiting to hear from. And, you know, and then they've got to weigh the, the evidence and make a difficult decision one way or another because no one's going to or no decision is going to make everybody happy. Right. All of these decisions are hard and there really are no right or wrong answers. Correct. Well, I mean, hypothetically, we could come up with a really wrong answer. You're right. We could. The, if they give the answer Elmo. That's a wrong answer. That's a wrong answer. And we also might need to get you evaluated for <laughs> probably being committed. Pancakes. Pancakes. If you just start yelling, should we have sports or not? And you answer pancakes. Pancakes. That's the wrong answer. There's a, it's kind of like when I taught, uh, when, you, when I work with high school kids and and whatnot it's like there are no ask your questions there are no bad questions there's no stupid questions and i got the college kids especially the, the 300 and 400 level then it's like there are stupid questions <laughs> give me a relevant question because you always get the the idiot who's like where do babies come from it's like shut up you're a junior in college you should know the answer by now my favorite was the girl that asked that, and she was very pregnant. It's like, That's amazing. It's very yeah. It wasn't like, <laughs> are you pregnant or just put it on weight? It's like no, no, very, very, very pregnant. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm not going there. I'm not getting fired because no, not getting fired because. But so many comments I want to make right now. It's like other than you know you know where they come from <laughs> i just kind of gave her a look like give me a break and moved on my question is beyond the scope of this class i have that brought up when <laughs> i taught at the graduate level taught grad students i very made it very clear to them there are such things as stupid questions and <laughs> especially if it makes it clear that you have not done your reading yeah you just don't ask those questions 
That's when your professor makes fun of you. No, it's when your classmates make fun of you. I no, don't no. even make fun. There's a professor who would actively make fun of you. A professor? I know plenty that would make actively fun of It's all of, of them. People. They would. And um, that's why you just, if you have even the most remote sense that the answer was in something you were supposed to read and you didn't bother to read it, you just keep your mouth shut. But it is part of knowing the audience. If I'm working with kids, and it's not like, not, not that the kids are never smart asses because, but you're more tolerant of it and understanding. And you really want them to open up because they, especially the shy ones, you want them to know, don't be scared of asking something dumb. Yeah. If you are purposely being a butthead, <laughs> then I'm going to make fun of you. But if you legitimately say something dumb, I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm going to help educate you and teach you. Right. As you grow older and you get to the tail end of your undergraduate career, there are such things as stupid questions, especially when you haven't done your work. I'm not here to read the book to you. This is not a bedtime story with Dr. Tomasi kind of crap. You're supposed to be reading it and falling asleep in the textbook <laughs> on your own. You've already fallen asleep reading the textbook. <laughs> Look, yeah. Everybody gets a turn. Yay! I survived my undergraduate and graduate career, and now it's your turn. We had to read Skinner. Skinner will put you right to sleep. Oh, yeah. In case you didn't know I that. have a great picture of you on spring break <laughs> with verbal behavior on your face, passed out on the beach. And it wasn't passed out from drinking. You, like, were just out. We actually hadn't had anything alcohol at that point. I was we out, like skimboarding and swimming and you were studying and i come back because we were gonna have a test the first day back from spring break right. and i was not gonna but i it. come back from the water and you're just passed out with verbal behavior on your uh, face well you've read verbal behavior yes i did and it's incredibly boring it's not the most thrilling textbook ever it's super informative incredibly boring it's important information absolutely and if it was any drier, it'd be at the Sahara. <laughs> did you just hit your mic with your glasses? I totally did. Did you forget you're wearing glasses tonight? I always forget I'm wearing glasses. They're very nice. comfy, which is great, I guess. Uh, so it's it's been interesting. And even today was uh, interesting. I had several, and actually over the past several days, I've had several parents calling me going, because all sorts of rumors are leaking out. And it's it's kind of like all things covid everywhere right um people are trying to do the best they can with the information they have and then when committees and whatnot are working on stuff information leaks out and then everyone jumps on the rumors or jumps on the bits of information and tries to piece it together and you can't blame them it's human nature and people are trying to make informed decisions but it just turns into a circus that gets spun up. And I've heard so many rumors about so many different schools just in the scope of sports. Like, this school is shutting down all their sports. I'm like, really? Because they just posted for swim tryouts. Really? They're, I just saw their athletic director. They're moving ahead. Um, and whatnot, on and on. And, you know, you got people, I'm like, again, so many people in the community are trying to do the best thing for the kids. For the kids, it's what was it? I think we did a hockey tournament at the just before COVID shut everything down, and it was a benefit. It was a great organization and it benefited with kids with autism. Yes, but it was adult hockey. So then, when we were done, and we actually had tickets to a college hockey game afterwards on the same rink, 
we went, we played for the kids. And of course, like anyone who was getting teed up, we're like, uh, do not get a penalty. Do not throw a fit. This is for the kids. And we made it through that whole game with no penalties. I know that was amazing. But when we went to the bar between our game and the college game, there were plenty of toasts. (laughs) Actually, every toast was for the kids. It's for the kids. Isn't there a Steve Martin joke for the kids? That was the uh, the world. No, that's his like one little gift. If I could have one little gift for Christmas, if I could have two gifts, it would be all the children of the world to hold hands. Yes, that's what it is. Okay, for the children, of course. And it goes on, and if you're under, I don't know what, 15, 18, you probably shouldn't listen to it. You should not listen to that. No. But if you're older, it's hilarious every Christmas to listen to Steve Martin's routine about, and I think it's from an SNL monologue. It's totally from SNL. Mm-hmm. Steve all the, Martin, all, all the SNL Christmas monologue, it's amazing. All the gifts you can have. Unless you're under 18, have. and then it's not for you. Yes. <laughs> so and anyway, I think that's all we need to say about yeah, that. Yeah. Getting back to like, so there are members of the community. I mean, everybody's trying to do the best in terms of the school for the kids, but not everyone is fully informed. And I am like, I'm frustrated as a coach where here I am. Uh, I'm a PhD. I've worked in community behavioral health. I've worked in the schools. Uh, I've coached for years. I've gone through all the covid stuff for this nobody's asking me how my sport how my sport relates to this and how it's going to handle it it's just we're making decisions and we heard this school's canceling cross country i'm like that school doesn't have cross country (laughs) uh it's just so it's frustrating um and i've got parents calling me up and asking me i'm like i don't have the answer for you it's not my decision Right, and I know that... And I wish I could give them the great news, and so, like, it kind of stabs in the heart, and then there's been talk to, like, oh, well, you're just a... You're a coach. You're just a jock. (laughs) And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I've told you, like, I'm like, let me remove the knives from my back. I'm an academic at heart. I was... We're nerds. We are not jocks. We are nerds. So, to find myself on the pro sports side of this thing, debate, pushing me... Where they're going, so shut everything down beyond what the governor's doing. Just somebody, you know, local people are going, we need to go tighter than what the governor wants. Look, we live in Michigan. We're already one of the tightest lockdown states. Yeah. To find myself going, no, we should do this. I can do this safely. I can help these kids do this safely, which uh, they really should let me do. Because right now what I'm finding out is they're organized. The kids are organizing amongst themselves. Yeah. Because the word is getting out that... It's going to be a kid uprise, running uprising. Well, we're already... We're currently paused. It might get shut down. And I already got a heads up from a parent going, if you don't have a season, my kid is organizing the kids and they're running. Yeah. Without you. Uh, not in the meets. They're just going to have a running club. And they're already... If playing. kids in, are in charge of it, I can guarantee you they're not going to be physically distant. They're and probably mass. not going to be wearing a mask. Uh, they're probably going to be sharing some sort of food because they're or teenagers. Water. Oh, they love going to Jimmy John's exactly. Big Dale Bread for, what is it, 49 cents or something? Or a know. quarter or whatever. You're supposed to feed that to the ducks. <sighs> supposed they to. They I eat know. it. They eat it. <laughs> they're like, we, we're carbo-loading. I'm like, those are the wrong kind of carbs, guys. But, okay, they are carbs. Yeah. Good job, guys. I do well, have to say sometimes um, when I tell them, you are not allowed to take a break in the beginning part of your run to go in and get day-old bread. Because there's times where I'm like at a mile marker. They come munching on oh, bread. Not like only are they late, they, they have a baguette. 
See, these are the pictures you need to be taking. I usually have my hands full, especially if I'm timing with my phone. But I had I had a parent actually even call and go, "Hey, if my kid wants to organize, uh, wants to organize a group run, what do you want them to do?" And I'm like, "I can't tell you that. I know what I want them to do. I know what I had planned for them this week. I can't tell you that because there are so many issues with that both." in terms of regulations and also just ethically for me to be passing along my directions and then letting a high school student, a teenager right. lead the practice. Yeah, no, that's uh, there's helpful. liability issues. And honestly, if they want an adult there, if the, the school, the parents, whoever want an adult there running practices, keeping them socially distant, making sure they're wearing masks when they're not running and everything, then let's have the season. Yeah. And if they want these kids to just have a free-for-all, well, that's where we're at right now. That's where they're heading. Um, and that's stressful for to me well, because I'm worried. I'm worried, too. I don't want these kids catching COVID. No. Um, even if like even if we don't have the season, I'm like, look. The kids are going to run. We've talked about how our research assistants and our um, when we we're in clinical settings, the the undergrads who worked for us those were our first set of kids yeah um shout we out, love them shout out to all of our first set of kids who are listening uh they're our babies hi anna <laughs> i know she listens yeah she does uh and then the second set of kids are actually our biological children yes they're delightful we're very fond of them and you know they're our, our actual babies yes <laughs> and then our third set of kids are my athletes mm-hmm. and I've, i mean i've had people ask me questions what do you can do with this or that and it's like look if push comes to shove our four children are our four children and they they do have to take precedent in my life above my athletes yeah but i care very much for our athletes i want them to go on just like my my undergrads and my grad students they're forever going to be my children yeah and I want them to succeed and do great things, and I will help them in any way I can. Same thing with my athletes. Uh, if I can write letters of recommendation for them, which is nice in terms of not often do you get a coach who used to be a college professor, who used to not only be on selection committees uh, for bringing in students, but like at the graduate level, got to give input on who's getting into the program or not and who got to be an advisor to grad students. Mm -hmm. So when I write a letter of recommendation and I've written lots of recommendations for undergrads who are going to grad school and Mm -hmm. for graduate students who are getting jobs and whatnot. But when you're a high school student going on, I'm like, I can write to those administrators who are much better than just, I'm a coach. Yeah, and not to make you fun write of the coaches. Very nice letters. They write I've other ones, them. but it, it means a lot too. And I don't write just a generic blanket letter. Mm-mm. It's like I'm only going to write you a great letter if I can honestly write you a great letter, and it's in the envelope with the the signature on the seal. And I take it very seriously, right? And if I can't write you a good letter, I'll tell you. Like, I mean, I can write you a letter. I can't write you a good letter. Yep, I used you to do made... the same thing for my students. Well, the the trick with undergrads was, uh, you know, I was taught by my professors. <laughs> so was I. This was a serious rule. The serious rule, uh, and I would I would not necessarily disclose that. To, I would say it in class, like, ask me if I can write you a good letter. 
don't ask me if I can write a letter. No, that good is a very because if important I, word. Yeah, if I ask, you ask me just, can I write a letter? Well, I'll probably just say yes, but you might not like what the contents are if you ever saw so them. So I had a student who actually said, hey, can you write me a letter? And I said, huh, come again? What was that? And she said, can you write me a letter? And I was like, hmm, I know we have had this conversation with you and I don't love you. But you said it wrong well, twice to be fair, in a row. When you say you don't love them, it wasn't like it was a no, personal thing. No, no, thing. no. This definitely person, not. That she just didn't have the skills that I required skills. of my students working she with my clients. Not professional in the work setting. For sure. Um, uh, it was like you, nothing personal whatsoever. Couldn't care less about the personal. Was only concerned with the behavioral skills that she was supposed to was learn. Was this the one that got the student loans so she could get a personal trainer and then start sleeping with the personal trainer? No, that's somebody completely different. That was uh, a fun story. Yeah, so it was, I said, okay, I'll write your letter. And I knew where that That letter, was another one that you couldn't write a letter for either. I absolutely did not write any letter for that person whatsoever. I just flat out said no. If you hire um, a personal trainer with your student loan money, because none of us needed student loans at that point because we were all getting paid and working... If you're paying for personal training, but you're sleeping with them, what kind of ethical issues does that raise? Anyways, kill me right now. Back to my story about the person who didn't ask correctly. I wrote her letter and I handed it off to the overseeing professor who was in charge of then taking all of her um, inputs. Yeah. Yeah. Inputs and making the formal letter from himself. And usually when I write a letter of rec, it's very, very detailed. It's lengthy. It's full of positives. It's glowing. you can tell that it's actually written, calling and glowing is a understatement. You can tell that it's written by me and that I have just absolutely loved working with this person when I write them. So I wrote this person's letter and I handed it off to the professor. And I happened to be in in the office when he was working on this, and he popped out and he looked at me and he's like, "Where is the rest of this letter?" And I said. That's all you get. <laughs> and he looked at me and I looked at him and he said, mm-hmm. walked back into his office and shut the door. And I was like, mm, that kid's not going to grad school. Yeah, yeah, that said volume right there. Yeah, because he knew. Well, you went the route of if you can't say any nice, don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. And the absence of he didn't infor- need the backstory. He no, didn't. The absence of information said volume. Right. With. Him. You, with I have a reputation for being very detailed, and I will tell you 8 million stories of why somebody is great. It gets the point across, Um, and I didn't do that this time. But, um, so I've been applying to different positions because I'm ready to jump back into the field now that our youngest is going to preschool, and I've had to contact... Because you've been working for me for a while because you could do that remotely. I can do that from home, though. I can, like, lay on the floor... And do what I need to do and tickle the well, and you three-year-old. Can, so. And you can still work for me like when the three-year-old's Absolutely. napping. And on the weekends, but you're ready to get back into your specialty, which you are pretty awesome at what you do. Thank you. So I've had to contact some, some people that I worked with forever ago, and I've had to ask them, can you write me a good letter of recommendation? Or if you're called, can you give me a good recommendation over the phone or email or something? Everybody has said yes, but I made sure to put that word good in my question because there's nothing that I would hate more than to have them agree to do it and then give me a terrible review. That would be awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it helps too. The the people you worked with and the people you were talking to all come from that same school of they know what they were all taught the same thing. They were taught the same thing. They know when it says good. (laughs) 
That's the key word. Mm-hmm. Awesome. This so is it's quite been, the tangent. <laughs> this has been quite the tangent. I'm like, I just looked over at the uh, the timeline where we're at right now. And it's like, woo, this might be a record for us for a tangent. It's a long one. Anyways. Uh, it's been quite a week. Yep, it has. And um, I know that part of me ahead of me is, at the very least, I'm going to have to explain to these kids and parents... Uh, and it's it's cross country season, so it's kids sixth grade through twelfth grade. It's a lot of parents. At the very least, I'm gonna have to explain to them probably within the next day or so the delay, and without throwing anyone under the bus. Right. Um, so and basically build in buy more time. I've already bought a little time for the administration, but I'm gonna have to buy more time for them because I don't want to like go. Oh, it's all their fault. No. Um, no, because that's not fair to them. They have to make a tough decision. I'm going to have to buy more time and um, so they can make their decision on uh, what's going on with cross country. And it's either we're going to either we're definitely going to be delayed. There's no way we're starting on Wednesday. And even once they make their decision, uh, it's not like we're going to go, OK, you made your decision at an evening meeting and I can tell everybody and we're going to start at 7 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a surprise to the team, too. I haven't bothered to tell them yet. We usually do our summer practices at 8 or 8.30. This year is going to be at 7 because I got work to do. Sorry, you have guys. a lot of things. I do have a lot of things going on. Plus, it'll be cooler. And you know what? The public high schools uh, practice that time, too, so it's not a big deal. But so it's going to be, I need to give them at least 24 hours notice. So if they have an evening meeting and they approve it, we're not starting less than 12 hours later. I've also got to make adjustments and changes. And I got to talk to the athletic director and you know, what are we going to do? What are we not going to do? What have you? If they come back with the negative, which is a possibility. Yep. Especially in time of COVID. And they just say, there is no season. I also have to, be able to let these kids down again because most of them are also on the track team but at least that time i could say the state has shut us down they will be heartbroken it's going to be harder to let them down in a professional manner when the state says you guys can race all the area schools can race but the kids at our school can't and i'm 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 not the kind of person who's going to go well, I want to do a race, but they're not going to let you. No, it's going to, I'm going to have to find a way to do that and spin it and focus on the positive because that's just how I do it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be sitting at home going, this sucks. Um, and honestly, when track got shut down by the state, we originally it was it was paused and so we were doing virtual workouts online i would send here are workouts for the day do them and then when track got shut down we rolled into our summer uh running club which actually coincided with when we uh kicked off the red arrow challenge yeah so that's been running this whole time and then i've also been working with kid number one and kid number one's been running with her friends and i know the other kids have been prepping and some have been working with private coaches and going to physical trainers to fix out fix the crazy legs that <laughs> if you've worked with high school runners you know what i mean by the crazy legs where it's like they go running and it's not a uh a front to back two-dimensional kind of run it's like that right around the knee the foot goes swinging out on the back end it's crazy look to look at everyone's been working for months heading into this 
And I, it'd almost be an easier letdown for the governor just to say no sports or the MHSAA to say no sports, no sports or no, not our sport. But for that to be open, for the local schools in the whole county to be preparing to race and for us to say no, it's a harder sell. And I'm I... going gonna, gonna to have to work. It's... Thank goodness this team has a psychologist as a coach <laughs> for me to try my hardest to spin it for them. But I will probably be, I mean, let's just go with hashtag sad to borrow <laughs> something from the president. Sad. Hashtag sad. Um, because I will no, be. The, I mean, I mean be we're, we're laughing about it, but you know I'm... I'm laughing at hashtag sad. Yeah, well, but you know I'll also be going to a very dark place. Um, yeah. Because... This is a fun thing for you to do. This is how you give back to the school. This is how you stay involved as a parent. This is how you uh, foster a sense of community amongst these students who want to participate in this sport. And it has been lovely to watch ever since, your program grow. It's ever since really I exciting. went to back to the private sector, because when I graduated, I was a professor, right. my doctorate. And then I did that. And then I, I went to the private sector and did work. And especially since I was doing work with the government, I couldn't always talk about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give back. And I still, I've always loved teaching. I mean, I've been teaching since I was 10 years old or actually before when I got, I got my black belt at seven in Taekwondo. And then we, we bought the school when I was 10. Right. And I've been teaching, 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 teaching. And I like teaching. I like sharing information. Mm-hmm. And it, so when I was uh, working as a contractor out in D.C., I took adjunct position and just went out. And I would do guest lectures. And uh, just a chance to talk and interact with students, um, which sounds kind of creepy, but, you know. You know what I mean? To to get up there and try to inspire that next group. Yeah. We move out to Michigan, and yeah, there's some colleges nearby, but there was that opportunity to coach, and I really took it as, this is my next set of students. Mm-hmm. And the subject matter we're doing is running, but it's also those life skills. We do self-management work. We do... Uh, performance tracking and logging how to track what you're doing and i've had my former runners apply it to studying apply it to other things we do you know organizational skills we work on actually running and making unlike when i was a runner for the same school my coach was actually horrible (laughs) just absolutely miserable like this guy was one of our, our social studies and geography teacher in middle school and i still remember he told us like don't let anyone tell you what you can't do. And then we went outside to track, and he told me everything I couldn't do. That's hysterical. You made me hate cross country, made me hate track where I went out of my way, where the head coach did everything I could to, like, do not put me in any of the events he coaches. Now, I didn't say that way, mm-hmm. but really, I'm like, well, I really want to do this, this, and like, but listed off all the events, any event that was not coached by this one, the distance specialist. And when I got out of high school, did not run. No. Did not run until I was in my 30s and morbidly obese and was just trying to cling on to, like, not die. (laughs) Maybe I'd like to see my kids hit their fifth birthday kind of thing. Yay. 
hey, kids, um, they're great yeah. motivators to stay alive. So giving these kids, teaching them how to run, teaching them how to love running. Who cares if they're first yeah. or 1,000th in a race? Yep. You know what I really like about cross country? What's that? My favorite thing is that, yes, the top runners go and everybody's standing at the finish line and they cheer for them. My favorite thing is actually watching the kid in last place or the last like five runners come into the finish line. Everybody is lined up. Everybody is screaming for them. It does not stop until they cross the finish line. And it makes me so happy. And it actually makes me tear up. And it's super sweet. So I've been telling kid one and -hmm. her friends, it's like, look, it doesn't matter how slow you go. If you're trying, if you're going through the motions of running, even if you're like, look like you're, you know, you're running a two mile and we're 30 minutes into the race and then you've got the most excruciating expression on your face and you're going slow. Everybody would cheer for you. However, if you're running a, you're doing the two mile race Mm -hmm. and we're 30 minutes in and you're just moseying along walking, you will get the hurry the hell up kind of thing and yeah, people won't cheer you but if you're trying you're and you've trying. got the slowest little trot doesn't matter everybody every team varsity runners will line up and you will have pretty much a corridor and you know what honestly it usually is socially distant but you will have a corridor of fans cheering for you because people will embrace that effort and that's like you said something that's great about cross country Mm-hmm. Um, the winners have long since done. They've even done their cool down runs. As long as you try, people will be all, and coaches will cheer for you. Parents will call out your times. Nobody will give you a hard time. Nobody would want you. I shouldn't say nobody because there's probably some jerk out there somewhere. I don't know. I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it in years of coaching. And you haven't seen it on the field. I've never seen it off the field as right. a parent and as a spectator. Nobody is. I haven't seen it. Making but fun I don't want. But picking. I don't want to go on a podcast and go never because there might well, be like okay. some jerk in like Nebraska. And the, the one the kid elite runner in high school. I'm amazing and I'm going to be little. Uh, and I'm not picking on not Nebraska. I, I, it was just some random state that I picked off the top <laughs> of my head. There. I mean, it's a big world. One kid in one random meet in yeah. one state somewhere would ruin the thing. So I don't want to. Uh, undermine my my statement but you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who would pick on a kid who's trying no matter how slow they are yeah and it's that's beautiful yeah i really like going to cross-country meets because of that aspect alone it has nothing to do with all the awesome food we have that is after the cross-country meet i'm not allowed to eat the runner's food Nope. So no banana bread for me. So we get to go out. We get to go out to eat, and that's always super fun, and I enjoy that. But my favorite part is all of the cheering that goes on from the first place winner to the very last kid. It doesn't stop, and it's fantastic. We talked about all the crappy stuff this week, but did I tell you that I got a text from a parent this week that asked me, What's that awesome sushi place that Jess loves after the state finals? No, you didn't tell me that at all. <laughs> oh, I have questions. I need to know which parent, but not now. <laughs> well, and, and speaking of things that tug at the heartstrings, including the sushi Aww. place you like to go to after we go to the state finals. It's so good. We had uh, um, the TV was on today this afternoon and there was a NASCAR race on. And it's like, all oh. right, they're driving in circles. Big deal. 
they were at Michigan International Speedway, and I was like, I almost came to tears at one point because I'm looking around, and it was kind of at first I just had it on because it was kind of like, oh, it's kind of cool. I recognize it. It looks different when the grass isn't dead in November, and it's not a mud pit it's because it's been raining it. with November rain. Cue the uh, Guns and Roses. Whoa. But uh, and so it was kind of fun. And like, oh, they're going around in circles, and I know that building. That's right, the building they run past in the opening run. That it's almost a half mile long where they hook around it and they go up turn two and go out into the trails so it was kind of fun to watch but then at the same time i was like if they don't approve cross country you know I've, and i've got like we really stand a legit shot of having the boys and the girls teams teams go. finally teams i've taken individuals i have not taken the team yet it's it's been a growth process because the first day of team practice when i started was one kid Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been growing that culture, growing the community, growing these kids up. And now we've got, I had this really exciting group of sixth graders a few years ago. They're coming in as freshmen. Some of them ran at state or one ran at state yep. as an eighth grader. So several ran as regionals as eighth graders. And I've got kids and there's a, a blog out there that does all these preseason speed rankings. And he's got this big formula. I got multiple kids ranked in the region preseason mm-hmm. it's exciting i mean two of them are freshman girls yeah so with and yeah that said um i am worried that we'll lose runners and students even if they're I not think runners we're, I think if we risk football players or whatever other fall yeah. sports there are i'm not very sporty i don't know which ones play in the fall other than cross country and football um I, I am worried that we'll girls lose golf. we'll lose kids from our school because they'll say, hmm, I can't play here. I have a legit shot at going to state or the finals or whatever it is. If I go to this school down the road, yeah. I can walk onto that team and I can get it, to where I want to be. It would be different. Well, especially with the transfer rules, if the freshmen leave before school starts. Right they can leave without penalty and play immediately at another school. It'd be different if the state was shutting it down mm-hmm. or even if the county health department shut down everybody in the county. But the fact that two miles to the south and two miles to the north are high schools that have the sports teams and are ready to go and are and and further out there's more, it's a tougher sell. It's a tougher sell for parents. It's a tougher sell for the kids. Well, and we've got kids that, look, I've got an eighth grader. I mean, I took three kids to state last year in cross country. Anytime I take a kid to state, I get college reps sending me stuff going, oh, we want to talk to this kid. Yeah. So I've got an incoming freshman mm-hmm. where whenever I get back to my coaching mailbox at the school, I'm sure there's a letters there waiting going, we want to talk to this kid. Sure. And there will just be more coming because she's getting better. Yeah, that kid is, she's going to do really, she, really well. looking at her time, she can make it to state if she goes to either of the public high schools nearby. And that's that's the thing. Um, If these kids transfer because of the transfer rules, they won't be coming back to no, our they'll lose a season. very lovely tiny school. Yeah. Um, And I don't think they're willing to sit out a season just to come back. So I... Yeah. You know, from a numbers perspective, we, we need to keep our families. We need to be bringing in more families. We don't need to be letting them go. And I I usually just... I usually point out to parents, like, look, very few 
if any of the kids I coach are going on to college careers. And if right. they are, I mean, that's true for the school. It's very rare that we have a kid from a Division four school go on to a college career. And sometimes it's like a football player, like, ooh, you're playing at some teeny-ass college that no one's ever heard of. Good for you in that <laughs> football team. Yeah. Uh, we've had a couple, like, went on and played college hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do occasionally have some runners, but most of them are going on to other things. And like we do have like Division three schools talk to them, but occasionally you get that super talented kid. And mm-hmm. this fr- incoming freshman class is just a very talent-rich group. Yeah. And they can do well in any sport. I'm just, yeah, I'm worried if we lose them. If they leave, they're not coming back. No, they because won't because they'd have to miss a year. They would lose a year uh, in that sport. Uh, it's just, and there's no easy answers again. I mean, there's not, and there's risks involved with all things. Actually, pre COVID, I used to say, cause parents were like, especially in track, they're like, my kid could get hurt doing high jump. I'm like, my kid could get hurt doing the 200 meter dash. I'm like, well, first off they run the 400 and the 100. <laughs> so the 200 is not a stretch, but your kid could pull a muscle walking up the stairs between classes at school. So like, I mean, do you have any idea how many times I break a toe going up the stairs? I mean, there's risk like, in all things in life. You will get boos no matter what. We do what we can to mitigate those risk factors. Mm-hmm. That's a responsible coach is there doing, and I like to think I'm a responsible coach. I think Again, you're good. I'm an academic and a bookworm and a nerd at heart so uh while i did a bunch of sports in school growing up i also went to this high school that was tiny and if you didn't do three sports a year or more the school didn't have sports right so it was just pretty much like after school pe it's like okay i'll run cross country to get in shape for wrestling to then roll right into track oh yeah you were captain of the wrestling team i was captain of the wrestling team yeah i like that about you you like that, or you just like looking at the old pictures and my singlets? Whatever. <laughs> Grody. <It's fun. laughs> yeah, you didn't know me back then when I had. Like, I the, did not. And the I'm matte actually, burns across my forehead. I, you know what? I'm and, actually really happy I didn't know you then because I probably wouldn't have liked you. So. Probably not, and like the fact that I had no hair on my knees, which sounds awful, but what? I, so to keep down the matte burns on my knees and the side of my knees and everything. I wore, um, they were like neoprene knee pads and I had an extra pad. But be, what happens was my leg hair would work their way into the f- fibers of the fabric. So and when you went to, yanked out. Yeah, basically when Ew. you pulled it out, they would like just look like furry because <laughs> it had the root and everything on it. And then, of course, I had like no hair on my knees. Mm. So I'm like, I'd be wearing shorts and it's just like. Do you shave your knees? Are you getting waxed in your knees? What what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I wrestle. I also Swimmers. have like big, big mat burns on my forehead and temples. And I didn't have cauliflower ear there. I always that's wore good. my headgear to protect my ears. I'm happy that that's not a thing. Um, what? Yeah, cauliflower, but... cauliflower ear very much is a thing. Just no, not with me. Not on your head, though. Not on my head. So that's exciting. Yeah. I don't think I would have liked that. Uh, no, swimmers shave everything. Good for so them. So they can be more aerodynamic. I had a friend in high school who's on the swim team, and he'd be like, yeah, I had to shave everything last night because I have a meet tonight. And I was like, ooh. Like, he would be completely bald. 
on the top of his head, and then apparently everything else. Apparently, everything. But else. yeah, I was I was surprised I ran, by that. Had, when I was on the cross country team, the captain of the team shaved his arms because he thought he would shave a little time off this clock in That's cross hysterical. country. Which I don't know. The arm how, hair is really gonna make it <laughs> for a guy that's like a blonde slash dirty blonde slash redhead type hair. Like, how hairy are your arms that it's causing wind resistance? And how fast do you think you're going? <laughs> Get over yourself. That's funny. <laughs> but he shaved his arms and he shaved his legs for cross country. That sounds like superstitious behavior. I don't know. I I tell this story to my current runners. One to make fun of that guy because he was also one who would like finish his race and be ready to do a cool down run for the whole team when i crossed the finish line and the kid behind me like i was like the five or six runner and then we had the seven runner as soon as the seven runner come came in he's like all right let's go do a cool round we're like go to hell we just crossed the finish line (laughs) (laughs) give us five minutes and then we'll go for a cool down run that's funny and then now it's like pulling teeth to get my runners to go do a cool down run. Like, but coach, there's banana bread. Right. Banana bread. I, I ran fast so I could get eat before everybody else got in. I got the pick of the slices. <laughs> this is the most fun we've had all week, by the way. It, it really is. <laughs> That's kind of pathetic. It is. We actually do have a topic for tonight. We though. do. Now that we've laid out how like the crappy week and we were enjoying talking about this stuff. Uh, and it gets back to, I mean, multiple things going on this week, but really I think we can sum it up with what's coming up for cross country because if it's just a one or two day delay, I can I can spin that for the kids and I can do it so that the administration saves face and the advisory committees and no one looks bad except for maybe me and I can live with that. But... Uh, if it's a full on the local school is canceling the team, if that's what they determine and who knows, maybe by the time this podcast posts that they do that, but this is where we're at as we record. Um, and keep in mind, we actually had a different topic for this podcast before. And it's just like, we're like, let's put that on the back burner mm-hmm. and let's do coping with disappointment, yeah. anger, anxiety, and the anxiety comes out of like the preparing to for the unknown and mm-hmm. just waiting for answers. Let's talk about that. And so, if they say this is canceled, and this you know, if you're an athlete on another team, or you've got an art class, or band, or whatever, wherever you are, not just this is not just for the this team or. Let's say you're interviewing for a job and you're waiting to hear back on it. Or maybe you're trying to have kids and you're waiting for the pregnancy test. Maybe you just sent off your COVID result test and you're waiting yeah. for the results. There's a lot of just waiting like, I don't know. Maybe you're applying to grad school. There's a lot of waiting on that. And like my entire future hangs on these results. Okay, when so waiting get... for the grad school results is Sucks. the worst. Sucks. Sucks so much. Oh, it's horrible. But at least there is that hard date deadline. So if so you're not nice. on my cross country team and I, I go back to like, I really, even with, even with like three of my cross country runners being our guests last week. Mm-hmm. And I'm still so frustrated that the audio, like I forgot to plug it's, in one of the connections. It's Okay. But uh, I don't think any of them are listening to this this episode. 
Probably not. As usual. They um, are probably worried about other things and don't have time to listen well, to this. Well, school's just right on the corner, too. They don't even know, you know, are they going in person right now? They're going I mean, in person. As of right now, we're all going in person, and right. it's so exciting. Um, but none of us really know what it's going to look like. By the way, if, you, if you're listening to this and you are one of my runners or their parents uh, and hoping to glean some inside information, I got none for you. Nope. Uh, none. I'm waiting to hear from the AD who's waiting to hear from the principal who's invi- taking advice from different advisory committees. We're just all, I'm waiting to. Uh, We're in limbo. We are in limbo, and that is anxiety producing because this is something I love. And I was telling one parent, let's, you know, maybe someday I'll write a book. I don't know, <laughs> but there is a story to be told here from starting from day one. Well, first, for the at that time, the athletic director, not the current guy, the one before him who forgot to hire me, like he brought me in as the track coach and forgot to hire me as the cross country coach. And then, like, because the parents like, can my kid do a sport? I'm like, I don't have a problem with it, but I'm not the coach. You know, you might want to talk to the athletic director. He's like, what do you mean you're not the coach? I'm like, you, I asked you about this at the end of track (laughs) season because I knew you didn't have a cross country coach. And you said, I can't think about this right now. I got to hire a new football coach. And then he forgot to go hire me as the cross country coach. So we get down to like a week before the season starts, and he's like, well, I naturally, you're the cross-country coach. Will you please agree? And it's like, well, I wish you had told me earlier because I have work commitments, but I'll try to move stuff around. And I agreed, and I took on the cross-country team. And that first practice, we had one kid. One kid! And a week later, I was able to pick up my second kid because yeah. that kid had been on a cruise doing all-you-can-eat buffets and not running. And yes, it's who you think it is. Because I see you put the little nose in the air and yeah. Well, I'm just, I have two people in mind, and I'm just well, there was trying only to figure two boys out on the which, team that which season. one it was, because it could have been either of them. The, I think I know which one it is. The one who likes to go for hamburgers all the time after meats. Oh, that's not the one I thought. Interesting. The one who is now, like, training for half marathons and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah, him. That's not the one I would have picked. So, no, the one, the other one was the one who actually showed up the first day. Nice. And, and he was actually 45 minutes late. <laughs> and I don't know why I hung around that day. Because I knew as a grad student. Five minute rule. Five minute, minute rule. No, oh, no. Grad students got 10. Or oh, five for a grad student, 10 for an adjunct, and 15 for a full professor. Yeah. And I gave that kid 45 minutes and he showed up. And. We had a we had a great high school career with him. Somewhere along the way that season, I was able to convince a soccer player to also a girl soccer player mm-hmm. to be my girl's team, and it worked great until she broke her arm playing her last soccer game of the season. She was like, "One more game, and then I'm all yours for regionals and state." And like, oh, and you broke your arm, you're done. <laughs> uh, it happens. It happens. But so that see, we we started the first practice with one kid. We ended the season with. Three varsity runners. I think between the three varsity runners and then the whole middle school squad, we had a grand total of ten kids. And now, I mean, in the past few seasons, we've been over thirty. Yep, that's exciting. But back to the topic at hand. Yes, the topic at hand. How do you cope with all this anxiety and just 
stress and potential sadness and everything that's going on, whether it be sports related or school related or whatever is going on in your life. And so that's what we want to talk about tonight. And this was probably the longest introduction we could really think of. We talk a lot. Sorry, guys. So hopefully that was the entertaining introduction. So I think there's a wide variety of ways that you can handle your anxiety and your stress. Should we limit that to just the healthy, constructive, appropriate responses? Yes. I think so too. I do not recommend alcohol or drugs for handling your anxiety and stress and anger and whatever else you're feeling. I'm sure we could. That is definitely not the best way to do it. No, I was going to say that would be a fun episode to just list off all the inappropriate ones. Yes, that would be fun. Um, it's almost like Thomas Edison and the light bulb. There's like whatever thousand different ways to not make a light bulb right. that work, but yeah. to find the one that actually worked. No, I seriously don't recommend alcohol or any sort of drug to to reduce anxiety or depression or or anything. Way to get serious. Um, you you are correct. Look, it's important to say it. It is important to say it, and it is true. You mm-hmm. should not go that route. No. What would you recommend, Jessica, as a healthy way to cope with that stress? So there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, if you enjoy writing, you can actually write in a daily journal every night. You can write about your day, like what you did during the day. You can write about how you're feeling about that. You can do sort of a um I would say a free, free writing. Yeah, yeah, free write where it's almost... It's Anything, almost any thought that ver- comes into your mind, you write it down. Don't worry about your handwriting. Don't worry about your spelling. You just write, 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 write. And you actually write to the point of exhaustion. And then once you get to that point, you stop. You don't even have to go back and read it. You just, the whole point of it is to get it out it's of your liter- system. It's literary diarrhea. Let it flow. Right. Just let it come out. If you were doing speech and you were speaking, you would call it verbal diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Just let it come out. Don't stop. Don't edit it. Don't fix the spelling. Just keep keep your hand moving and let it flow. Yeah, this was actually my favorite. It doesn't matter if it's garbage or poop. Yeah, this was my let favorite way of handling stress and um, any sort of negative feeling that I was having in undergrad and graduate school um because those are super stressful times and i would just i have a box full of journals and i i don't look at them i have them but i don't actually look at them and um i certainly don't reread them but i have i can't say i haven't looked at them i've sort of flipped through and the handwriting it's humongous and like you can see the pen scratches i've looked at the box where i've pressed so hard in them and it's completely unlegible and it's Unlegible, illegible, illegible. It is late. This was a double, so that was a double, and it's late tonight, (laughs) right? Um, but the point is, is that it it was this um outlet that I had. Your double's already gone. I'm like, we've been talking for a really long time. I'm barely halfway through my. You've been talking more than I have. Anyways, the the journal writing was this outlet that I had to get all of these feelings out, and it it worked. I didn't have to deal with those feelings anymore once i got to the point of exhaustion i could put it away put it in the drawer slam the drawer shut and then like go to bed or go to work or go do whatever it is i needed to do and it helped so much 
Another thing that you can do that's sort of creative, um, if you like art, you can sort of... Watch the joy of painting. <laughs> no. I mean, that's nice, but no. I was that, thinking... That's more of our sleep episode, which was episode 14? Yeah. Something like that. I was thinking more of like trash the art, where you just take your art supplies and you sort of smash them all together and you whip the paint at the canvas and you rip things apart and you stick them back together in a completely different and insane way. Do you play um, Devo while you're doing that? You play whatever you want. Well, I was just thinking whip it. Play, I don't know, play like death metal while you're doing it. Totally ruined my joke. All right. I'm sorry. Um... The, the point is this is to sort of get like a physical expression of what you're feeling out into some sort of um, tangible media. If you're feeling sad, maybe you use blue paint to express that. Maybe you use black paint to express that. I don't know. If you're angry, you use red and orange and yellow to express it and maybe a little bit of black. Um, if you're feeling if melancholy, you're... you break out the yellow. Are we going with the colors of psychology? No, yellow is not for melancholy. Yes, no. it is. Yellow is happy. Depends on which yellow you're using. What yellow are you using to describe melancholy? Pale yellow is melancholy. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Anyway, that's a thrilling we'll give you audio an update we put on there. that next week. Um, you go with that like kind of almost just above eggshell, more yellow. The you, 70s harvest gold. Oh it's like depressing. It's Ugh. just because they paint hospital rooms that color. Um. If you have a favorite artistic type hobby, like I love photography, so if I'm feeling stressed out, I will pick up my camera, I will go get in my car, I'll drive to somewhere that I've never been before, I'll take my camera out, and I will try and find something different that I've never photographed before, and I'll try and figure out different ways, different angles, different settings that I can use to really make that thing come to life. Um... So we've got writing, we've got art. What else? I would say exercise. Yes, exercise. So that's, well, we can back up to, you were talking about drugs and alcohol as unhealthy, right. inappropriate ways to, we would even say in a clinical sense, maladaptive ways of addressing the stress, the anxiety, the unknown. Mm -hmm. Oh, physical violence is another. Well, yes, that's You shouldn't do that. While that's you're doing your smash art, that's okay, but don't be going punching holes in the wall. The other one uh, that I used to fall into, especially uh, with stress and anxiety and the unknown in college and grad school, was eating and mm -hmm. turning to food, uh, where I'd get the family size package of Chips Ahoy and just down it. Yeah. With a, you know, with a beer or a gallon of chocolate milk. Not a gallon of beer but like a bottle of beer or a gallon of chocolate milk and then have dinner and then have another package of chips. Ahoy. We never could keep chocolate chip cookies in the house. Could we? Oh no. We, and even now we can't have them. Well, because our children, will well, eat the them children all. eat them. We didn't have children in college we did or not. grad school. It was just me eating them all the time. And no, occasionally no. you would get some. I too. would have some too. Not to the degree where like you would have some and I would have some packages didn't get that fat just by accident. But uh, these days, it's 
it's exercise and so mm-hmm. like the high anxiety uh they came up with the the let's say the text message that came in earlier this week and it's like the unknown and kid one was it must have been girls night she was out there with the girls hockey thing and that was great and as soon as she was done she came off the ice and we've got special procedures for covid and whatnot and they're doing a great job at the rink i'm like very happy to be uh going there and the way they're sanitizing everything we exit out a side door or well first we exit, exit the ice kid one comes off the ice we take her skates off and we exit out the side door we go out into the parking lot and, like there's no access to locker rooms so like i'm sure the neighbors are getting quite the show especially when the adults go to play some <laughs> hockey and it's kept how many people can be inside and they actually close the front doors until everyone's out of the building and they've already sanitized the lobby. You come into the lobby when you can come in, you put on your skates, all your stuff, you haul your bags and everything into the arena area. Mm-hmm. They block off the lobby and start sanitizing it Yeah. while everyone's doing their hockey stuff. And then when you're done, you come out to a folding chair to take off your skates and exit the building and they then they sanitize that while people are filing into the lobby and so on. So we left with kid one, went out in the lobby. She's taking off her player gear. I'm putting on my gear. Then we had to start getting her dressed as a goalie, go inside, finish that because a lot of stuff attaches to the skates and you can't be going across the parking lot in your skates. No. Unless you have those little roller skate things. Yeah. Those are skate, No, skate cars. (laughs) We go back in and we, we played an adult pickup game. It was a private rental and actually technically all this stuff is private rental at this point. Uh, even the, the clinics are technically a private rental of the facility because mm-hmm. you can do that in Michigan. You can rent a gym or the ice rink in this case. Anything USA hockey sanctioned, US figure skating sanctioned, any of that stuff cannot happen right now because we are. you have to have your area cleared for that. And we're in phase four right now, which is not cleared for that. So my league's on hold, but playing some, you know, like one guy goes and rents the ice and we all pitch him a few bucks and we play. And then the rink ownership just makes sure that we're under the cap and we follow all the safety procedures, both in terms of hockey and COVID. Mm -hmm. Well, we went and played that night and it was an adult game and kid one was the goalie, one of the two goalies. So that was that helped burn off frustration. Uh, I've played some other nights that burn off the frustration. And like today, things were just getting wound up. And I got up and I'm like, I'm going to go biking today. It's beautiful. That was at 8 a.m. <laughs> I spent almost all day in the bike shorts, the tight little bike shorts that make you feel like you're wearing a diaper because of the, uh, the pad, giant pad, in the giant pad. And the kids are just like, are you going to go biking or what? But then like the phone kept ringing. And even at one point, I had a parent call. The bike is outside. I was pumping up the tires. I have my bike shoes on. She's like, how was your bike ride? Because I had talked to her earlier in the morning. I'm like, I'm in the driveway now. I still haven't made it out. It's 4 p.m. <laughs> but I got on my bike, and I felt much better after 30 miles. Yeah. Just went off and went. And I even put it up on our Instagram uh, today. I was like, how many breweries can I go by? I ended up going by six different breweries. Didn't go into the breweries. It wasn't right. like I was on a sampling drinking tour. <laughs> Almost like if having five or more drinks in one sitting is binge drinking, is riding past five or more breweries binge riding? Binge biking. Binge biking. I like it. We should make that happen. Like well, fetch. Well, if it is, I pretty much had 
did binge biking today because I drew, I rode past six breweries. Mm-hmm. Didn't go inside, but rode past them. It was a nice nice tour. And if you want to add in, that's not even counting the wineries I went past. Yeah. Or but the hops farm I went past. Did you feel better after you did your 30 miles on a bike? Well, it took me that long to just be exhausted enough to go to hell with it for tonight. <laughs> hey. And same with the hockey. It's like... I wasn't thinking about it. I was thinking about skating. Uh, at one point, I was just thinking about how many shots can I get past kid one. <laughs> I got so much crap early in the game because I fired a rocket. I kept it low to the ice. And I mean really low. Like, it was on the ice, but I fired a rocket. And I'm like, whoa, dude. And I'm like, look, it wasn't up by her head. And She's I- wearing a gigantic helmet. No, because I- she's wearing a gigantic youth helmet, goalie helmet, like, she should not be facing, and I had told them no slap shots at her head. Same with the other goalie, because both goalies were, were kids, mm-hmm. and both both goalies had their dads out on the ice, too, just to kind of make sure they were taken care of. And it's a mm-hmm. lower-end group in terms of skill set. We're like, no slap shots at their heads. But I fired a rocket through her five-hole, which if you're not ho- a oh. hockey person, that's... Um, she does the butterfly out of the angle with her legs. And as she drops down the hole between her knees and her basically under her crotch and her butt, that's your five hole because the goalie can pretty much cover leaves five holes open. Mm-hmm. So it shot at dead center and she saw it coming and she's dropping down and I got it past her faster than she could drop. Oh, I bet she hated that. Oh, I got this wrinkled little nose thing. I could see between the bars and her face <laughs> mask from like, Oh, wow, ways out, and uh, that made me smile. There's another one too where uh, you can tell she really wants to be a goalie. Mm-hmm. So she did everything technically correct for goalie. She was up against the post. She was defending the goal. The shooter was on a weird angle, not much room, and they shot it, and they just caught it past her. And it, it, part of it is how it's a full size regulation goal, four feet by six feet. Mm-hmm. And she's 10. She's almost 11, but she's 10. So she only takes up so much space. So she's hugging the post. They're off on the sides, past the face-off circle. They fire a shot, caught just the edge of the pipe which on the far end, which made it deflect in. And they got it past her. And she was mad at herself, and she couldn't believe it going. And it's like, look, honestly, you grow about two more inches taller, and your legs will be long enough where that's not an issue. Yeah. I mean, you'll be fine. You did everything correct. And I went over and told her that, too. It's like, you did everything correct on that one. But that was after the... Because we switched goalies halfway through the game. The first half where I scored a couple goals on her. So, exercise for me is like, just go and wear yourself out. I've had some other ones where I went for a run. Um, Didn't make it in the pool this week. But I probably... I've done it other times where, like, it's just stressful. Like, I'm just going to go swim laps for an hour. Mm-hmm. or two hours or whatever um i know that today i was pretty worked up about some things and i just stomped around the house and did laps along yeah, i actually around thought you were the, trying um, to just get mileage in for, for red arrow challenge no and you just you're like no i'm just angry i just i'm angry and i need to get rid of this energy and i can't go for a bike ride because you're trying to go for a bike ride and i can't go for a run because somebody's got to watch all these kids that we have you probably um, should have gone for a bike ride because it was hours later before I went. But I was still walking around in my still, you were trying spandex. To and I didn't want to prevent you from going. So I just marched around the house. And I did it until I was tired enough 
where one, I didn't care about the thing anymore. And two, I could like actually sit down and start doing things that I needed to do on my computer. Um, you say that, but I caught you at one point, like playing solitaire on the tablet. That was later. (laughs) I did do some work on my computer after I was done marching around being ticked off. Um, so yeah, exercise is great. That and you get it out of your system and then you can sleep better at night. Yes. And that is going to help improve your mood so much getting a great night's sleep. I will say if your anxiety is is being caused by you're feeling sad. And I'm not mm-hmm. I'm I'm purposely avoiding using the D word, depression. Because that has a very clinical definition Mm -hmm. and if you do think you are on a clinical sense depressed you need to go see a mental health professional that is not a self-help type thing no but if it is a short-term sad if just it's just a day maybe even two days a couple days very short short term less than a month feeling sad one thing you should definitely avoid, and you had already mentioned before, don't turn to drugs, alcohol, or in my case, food. Mm-hmm. But especially alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. It's, you might think it's going to help. It's not. No. Now, I'm not saying after a long day, you don't want to go have, if you are of age. Right. If on the odd chance any of my runners are listening to this, we've I've said it before. There's a time and place for everything, and it's not high school. No. You know, for us, we're of age. We're definitely old. <laughs> What's the thing from Super Wait Rad? a minute. How I old are, am not old. How old are you? You old, are old. Old enough to party is the line party. from Super Bad. <laughs> no. I'm old. I'm, I, uh, I'm over 40. <laughs> and I'm married, and I have kids, and I do enjoy a cocktail. And I'm enjoying a cocktail tonight. Right. However... If you are in high school, which I am not, you shouldn't be going off and getting married in high school. You shouldn't be having kids in high school. You should not. And you shouldn't be enjoying a nice cocktail in high school. Nope. Because you have to be 21. Yes, but you're also, your brain is not done developing. Mm -hmm. Don't do that to yourself. Just wait. But if you are a responsible legal adult, have at it. If you want. But keep an eye on it. It's It's not a big deal to have a cocktail after a long day. Right. But if you really are starting to feel sad, or even if you're starting to have anxiety, don't turn to alcohol because it is a depressant. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make you happy. You might feel like bubbly and joyful while you're uh, inebriated, but it's it's, it's not n- real. It's, yeah. It is. You're, you're not actually happy. If you're going the route and you actually ha- are seeing a uh, professional, and let's say you have a prescription for something to help with feelings of either anxiety or sadness or whatnot, also keep in mind most of those medications, if not all, I can't think of one that would be an exception, but I'm trying to leave myself some wiggle room, do not pair well with alcohol. No. Um, That's usually how you would get yourself in trouble or you end up like the 27 club with musicians who don't just don't make it past the age of 27. Don't mix medication and alcohol. Your doctor can um, advise you better on this, but the general rule is you shouldn't mix alcohol with your medication. Um, there is like a limit. So it's, it's, and 
I'm going to say this as somebody that does take medication for anxiety. I can have a drink with the medication that I am on. I cannot have seven drinks with the medication that I am on. Yeah. Because that's going to be extremely bad for my body and my brain. And by the way, given that you just had a double, this isn't one of those nights you're taking your medication. No, I haven't taken it today. Because you just take it when you have extreme anxiety. Yes, I do. Um, But... Uh, yeah, I had a family member who, um, was on a serious medication and she decided that she would mix alcohol with that one night and it was not good. She's fine. Everything is fine now, but it was not good at that moment in time. And I would really, really like it if nobody else had to go through that. So don't mix alcohol with your medications so to run through this real quick what we've come up with if you need help coping Mm -hmm. and this is just the standard well there's no standard but this is within the gamut of what we would call normal in the course of life stress anxiety uh you could even have anger over decisions being made Uh, Mm -hmm. i i fully anticipate if if the decision that comes down about my cross-country team is your season is canceled at the local level, I will most certainly feel feelings of anger. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily directed at an individual, just at the situation. And that's normal. Nobody should try to tell me you shouldn't be angry. No, you absolutely should be angry. And you should feel your feelings and deal with them and I've work through them. I've got 30-some kids signed up. And for me to think, oh, none of them are going to be angry about this, it's no they probably will be, and that's fine. It's how that anger manifests. And right. I would rather they went for a run or a bike ride or mm-hmm. a swim. What I don't want them to do is start punching holes in the wall no. or swearing at their parents, but they might snap, you know, their no. kids. And it's part of learning how to do it. They should not go and raid the parents' liquor cabinet or beer fridge. No, please don't do that. Please don't. Um. Don't do the unhealthy ones. Go out there. Now, other things you can do or... A eh. great thing for you to do if you are feeling anger in this sort of situation is you can either rage clean your house. I'm serious. This makes you feel really good. And then your house, it looks amazing. You know, and that if makes you feel like an accomplished adult. If so. there wasn't ethical issues involved, they could come rage clean my house. I know. I would love it. Please come rage clean my house. No. If you're on my team, do not come to my house. It's okay. I am rage cleaning our house right now. Um, you can go no. rage clean your own house. Your parents will Seriously, love it. Rage clean your house because you scrub, 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 scrub. And you get all of that nervous energy and anger and anxiety and sadness out as you're scrubbing like a toilet or a sink or something. And By then the way, if you're, you're one done, of our friends and you're like, got all this, the need to rage clean. Maybe you can come over and rage clean our house too. Um, no, they're busy rage cleaning their, <laughs> their own, own houses. houses. If you don't like scrubbing toilets and sinks and whatnot, you can go outside and you could rage weed your garden. Mm -hmm. Pull all of those weeds, yank them out of the earth. It feels really, really good. And then... Rage weeding sounds like something else. It sounds (laughs) sounds terrible. Something rave related. Okay, how about rage gardening? Um, Okay. You you rip all these things out of the earth and you throw them down in a pile and you have to carry them. You have to dispose of them and... However it is you do that, whether or not you compost or you throw them in the trash. I know it doesn't matter. Um, We're going to have so many ice cube noises on the uh, 
when audio later. The point is, is that once you are feeling better, not only does this help to get all of that energy out of your system, but also your yard is going to look amazing. Well, and that's the thing. The key here is it's constructive, right? It's not destructive. It's not destructive to yourself. It's not destructive to your property or to others. Mm -hmm. It is constructive and has many benefits. One, you work out that that nervous energy, the anger energy. Two, because you're working out that energy, you sleep better. Because if you just sit there and get stew. fired up and stew, you're not going to have trouble sleeping, which adds to more problems. Mm-hmm. And three, there's an end result benefit. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I guess you could probably go do rage woodworking or something too. You and totally build, could. And build that all falls new into furniture. like the art thing with the... Right. The um, trashy art where you're slopping paint on a canvas just to see, just to get the stuff out. Or if you go and do the the exercise, I'm like, I'm just going to ride my bike, ride the crazy out, mm-hmm. so Pedal to speak. Pedal as hard and as fast as you can for as long as you can. The net benefit is you're also helping your conditioning, mm-hmm. your physical fitness, you're tired enough to sleep. There's a lot of good healthy benefits with that. Now, of course, with all things, if you overdo that, you can abuse it and it's all things in moderation right you don't you don't want to take the exercise to an extreme level you don't want to take the gardening to an extreme level um for example i had a backyard starting looking like versailles you got a problem i had a neighbor growing up who they were just completely obsessed with the yard to the point where she would be out there every day with a ruler and scissors and any blade no, no, of not grass, the garden. That was, that yeah, was the yard. yard. But still, any blade of grass that was over whatever the magical height number was for her was snipped with scissors. Scissors! Not a lawnmower. Scissors. Um blew my mind. It still does. I can't even can't even believe it. Um My favorite was that the little girl you used to babysit who used to come over because her, her uh, parents used to work with your dad. Uh, the name, the nickname for the neighbor <laughs> was the same nickname as mm-hmm. uh, the, the parents had given Anatomy. To, to the little girl's uh, private parts. So when everyone was talking about talking to Tootsie, it's like, she talk, it talks? It talks? What does it say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awkward. Um <laughs> And now that little girl's grown up and she's a nurse. She's a nurse. She's a medical professional. She knows they don't talk back. And they're not named Tootsie. They're not named Tootsie. Um, no, but there's, you know, pick pick an activity where not only are you going to feel better after you engage in it, but also it's going to look nice or something something beneficial is going to come out of it for you in addition to you feeling better. So maybe it's you make beautiful art. Maybe it's you have a wonderful looking yard. Maybe you learn a new skill. Maybe you decide to take up kickboxing right now and you get a punching bag and you whack crap out of it. Maybe you get a ukulele or guitar or maybe, something yeah, and maybe you learn, learn to, to play. play. Uh, I think that would be great. Well, there's also, you know, do we, we should mention... Uh, essential oils and scents and everything or scented candles and everything because that also helps some people it now does. it doesn't help as much with more of that rage anger it like, does if you have an actual diagnosable 
physical illness or a mental illness, do not treat it only with essential oils or herbs. Please, I beg you, don't do that. No, they're not the cure for clinical diagnoses of medical and psychological uh, issues, but they do help set a mood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So lavender is really good at calming you down. They put it in special baby shampoo and baby baths to help calm your baby If you are clinically diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Mm Mm-hmm. Do not go, I'm going to self-medicate with just lavender essential oils. No. No. Go to a professional and please, please, please get help. Now, if you're just an average person, well, that's not coming out, right? But if you're... Um, you have a one-off day and you're feeling You're having a bad day and you need anxious. a little help just today calming well, down. Winding down. Winding down. And you want to put a little lavender uh, bubble bath into the tub. That actually does help, mm-hmm. but if you are ac- having chemical imbalances and if this is a long term long term thing, you need to go help. You're not going to solve it with lavender. You mean I don't care if you own a lavender farm and you go roll around in the <laughs> middle of it. There is a point for some individuals when they get to the clinical level, mm-hmm. they actually do need to go and get help. Please be that person. Don't be the one going, I just need more lavender. You don't. <laughs> my, one of my favorite uh, quotes actually at one point was, and because we come out of a scientific background and we look at research and it's like when you're looking at uh, essential oils, they've been in, the quote goes, they've been empirically proven to make you smell better. Right. You'll smell great. Now, certain smells elicit certain memories, certain uh, reactions, but only at really at almost a superficial level. So, and they work great if you just had a rough day mm-hmm. and helping set that mood to calm down. Mm-hmm. That's not at the clinical level. Right. It's when you've got clinical level depression, anxiety, everything. It's something that's sustained, prolonged. You need to go to a professional and get help. So some people get headaches when they get stressed out. And um, I think that if you're, you you get the occasional headache, I think it's totally fine to maybe have a certain smell that you like that can help ease that. I'm sure that um, somebody that's more well-versed in essential oils can probably direct you to uh, which specific scent that is. Um, but I think as long as it's not an everyday thing, I think it's fine to use that to sort of handle that sort of thing. What bothers me is when I you do get the essential oil advocates who make right. claims that they have absolutely no empirical basis. Do not try to tell me you have an essential oil that you can rub on yourself or smell or put in some sort of vaporizer that's going to cure autism. No. Or is going to cure, uh, just going to make it's you gonna, skinnier. It's going to make your cancer go magically make your, away. Oh, yeah. Rub this essential oil on yourself and the cancer goes away. Sorry, folks. That is snake oil salesmanship yeah. right there. Now, can it be a relaxing scent? Sure. Yes. Can it bring out some of those feelings short term 
for just a rough day. Can I help yes. you sleep? Sure. Sure. Well, certain sense can certain help can relax, you to sleep. Relax you and sets the mood for and sets the stage for sleep. Mm-hmm. Great. It's not going to cure your cancer. No. And anyone who tells you that is full of crap. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we're getting we're going off another tangent here. I think this is so, a tangent we need to not go on. Actually. Yeah, all things, all things in moderation, but also kind of keep those claims in in check yep. too. It's like we're not saying you're crazy for using essential oils, and if you want to put them in your car to help hide the mask, the stench of all your kids and or their hockey bags, like we have. Put that we little... haven't tried to use oils though to mask. No, that but yet. some some people have those little things they clip onto the vent, and so oh, as the yeah. air moves through the vent, it hits the essential oil and it, it you know, sends it out through the the car. Great, it's essentially an air freshener. Mm-hmm. Great. I know that some people like to use, I think, mint to help wake them up in the morning. I think that's cool. That's cool. I got mint tonight, and mm-hmm. it's I don't. Is think it waking it... you up? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> uh, it's probably negated by the fact of the whiskey in there. Maybe. Uh, but look, there's a biological response to different herbs and scents and flavors. Mm-hmm. They're not curing autism, they're not curing cancer, not curing, curing celiac they're not disease. Curing anything. They're not curing anything, but they may be eliciting certain responses, uh, such as relaxing you and whatnot, depending on what you have, or helping wake you up, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. You see the same things with teas. Yeah, chamomile. There can be there can Sleepy be time tea. a low grade effect or, or low bleh, low grade effect. I don't um, know. I do wonder if it's more the warmth hitting your belly and um, releasing certain hormones from most likely, but and warm as long as you're picking a tea that doesn't comforted. have caffeine in it, right? Um, so I'm, I'm curious. Well, there's about some that. familiarity also when you think about like, especially when I get something with vanilla in it, it reminds me of my childhood because my parents used to give me like, oh, you you can't fall asleep. We'll give you warm milk with vanilla in it. So vanilla makes me have the kind of that warm, cozy feeling. And I have no idea of like, I highly doubt that vanilla was helping me put to sleep as a kid. It was more of here's something warm in your belly. It fills you up. It's warm. It's cozy. And you're, parents are talking in a soothing voice and then as you get older it brings back those memories from your very young childhood so kid number one had a sleepover a year or two ago and she had a couple of buddies over and one of them um had a really hard time falling asleep and so she was awake into the wee hours of the morning and i was up with her and i was trying to get her to calm down and feel safe and comforted and relaxed and finally i was i was thinking like pulled every trick out of my hat that i had and it wasn't working and i was like oh i hope i don't have to send this kid home because that would be so sad um finally i was like oh we have milk i am totally gonna give this kid warm milk and so i i asked her i said do you like milk and she said yeah i said okay i'm gonna put some in this little teacup what color do you want and because somehow that matters and she picked her color and I put the milk in there. And I was like, okay, we're going to make it nice and warm and it's going to feel so good in your belly. Footnote on that color has no difference. It but for anyway. sure doesn't, but in this case it did. Whatever. Um, it made her know, think it, it did. It made her think it did. So that helped sort of set the mood. Um, so I warmed up the milk and I gave it to her in her little teacup and saucer and she drank it and she was like, oh, 
I just, I feel so much better. And I was like, okay, uh, you have your book, you have your little nightlight. I think, do you think maybe you can wrap up in one of your blankets and maybe try and go to sleep? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, I'll come back in 30 minutes and check on you. And I did. And that kid was fast asleep and she slept the rest of the night through and she woke up happy the next morning and it was fantastic. So it cracks me up every time that kid one has a sleepover (laughs) and it's almost exactly down the line on the 50% line. We call it the 50 yard line (laughs) that half the kids are night owls who want to sleep in in the morning. And the other half are the ones who are out cold right away who then are up bright and early. Yep. The early birds. And it's like, we can't win. Because we have to be up the entire time. We are up until they all fall asleep. asleep and we and are up before they wake up in the morning. So nobody sleeps when we have sleepovers. I'm sure plenty of parents can relate to this. Yeah, for sure. And if you haven't had uh, kids yet, and if you are one of my runners who are listening, and we talked about wait to have you know drinks when you're legally old enough, when you can get married and have kids and everything, this is also a nice lesson of, um life with kids <laughs> kind of miserable sometimes sometimes it's hard <laughs> don't think oh it's amazing oh you know um, i don't know that baby waking you up every hour i'm really trying to avoid the hour for the first six oh months oh my god sucks. trying to avoid the like you know, don't have sex or if you do have say sex <laughs> kind of thing but uh yeah there are consequences for your actions mm-hmm uh, and we were a couple who like really planned things out mm-hmm. and we were well into our marriage before we had kids. Oh my God. Could we ever get that any was sleep? A shock to the system. I mean, we were grad students. We used to go for long periods without sleep and that was still, we got more sleep than we, when we had kids. Yep. Um, so back to the topic at hand though. Yes. Um, there, I, I do want to mention that there... This is like... We should just name this the tangent episode. <laughs> All it is I, is tangents. I want, we had a topic, but we were going off crazy. I, I do want to mention that there are actually um, online options now for dealing with various mental health issues. Yes. So if you think that you really... Especially in the age of COVID, right, telehealth is, is important. This is especially helpful for right now. Um, if you think you need to talk to somebody who's not your GP or your whoever it is you see for your medical needs, um, you can actually get online and get an online therapist. And you can talk to them about anything. They have them for, you know, personal mental health. You can get a marriage therapist to talk with you. You can get a family therapist. You can get um, however specific you need to go. They have them available online. You just have to Google e-therapist plus whatever uh, your issue is that you're having, and you'll get tons of options. Um, Then do some follow-up searching, too. For sure, do some follow-up. Make sure that these are legit and they are actual um, psychologists or, or social workers or... You know, whatever. They are credentialed. Make sure check out reviews. You mm-hmm. know, as in all things on the internet, there's plenty of quacks and whack jobs out there. Right. Um, but there are some legit ones, and uh, some of them come pretty highly recommended. 
across the board. And I think that that could be a fantastic option. There are cognitive behavioral therapists that are doing e e-therapy now, and I think that's pretty amazing. And before we get any questions over email or contacting us through social media and stuff, Jessica, do you offer? No. And do I offer? No. No. And you know why? Because that's not our within our scope of expertise. The board says of, we don't do that. That's why. We are not doing clinical work. You specialize with uh, kids with developmental disabilities and autism and skill acquisition. You and I have both done work within our expertise level within schools, and I specialize in organizational and security and safety and things of that nature. Just it works better. We are not helping you with your clinical depression. Uh, Mm -mm. That is not within our specialty. Nope. And that's actually satisfied our ethical requirement to lay that stuff out. That's right. Good job, Marco. Thank you. We're only like well into this episode. (laughs) Uh, This all can be summed up, and there's a great campaign out there right now, and it is that it's okay to not be okay. Yes. Especially in this time of COVID, but always, you know, there is, there's going to be disappointments. There's going to be disappointments. Even if our cross-country season gets going, um, the kids are going to face other things that are going to involve disappointments. The parents will too. Um, yeah, birthday parties for one. There's all sorts nobody's of stuff. having a birthday party right now. And we got or ki- if they are, it's like with their cousins. We got kids with birthdays coming up in we our family. Do. And but it, it's it's okay. It's okay to be angry. What's not okay is depends on how you manifest that anger. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have feelings of anger. You shouldn't be ashamed of it. They're natural. But if you're going around punching wall, holes in the wall or punching people or lashing out at your parents, that's not okay. Right. Um, if it's not constructive, it's okay to have anxiety over uncertainty and worry and everything. But if it gets to be too much, seek help. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel sad. Let's say you lost a loved one. You should feel sad. You should feel... You need to work through that grief process. That's part of the grief process. That's okay. But if after a reasonable amount of time, it doesn't go away, get help in dealing with it. There is no official timeline for grief. No. Whatever your timeline is, it's fine. But just sort of be aware of how it's going. And if you think maybe it's too much for you to handle on your own, seek out a grief counselor. Yes. Or a group. Or if it's getting in the way of daily functioning, Mm -hmm. it's time to go see somebody. Because you should still be able to function. If you don't think it's getting better, go see somebody. So again, it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. I love that the, the specter that for a long time that went with mental health and behavioral health is quickly going away. Yeah, it's definitely, destigmatization has been going really, really well over the past, I don't know, 10 years or so. and Definitely within the last three, it's been accelerating. It's great. At an exponential rate. Um, People are being accepted for who they are and all the different parts that make them up, and that's fantastic. And we're talking about these issues, and we're making health um, help more and more accessible, and that's... That's really amazing. You know, the days of, oh, it was a dirty little secret that no one in the family talked about, it really disappearing quickly. And mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Yeah. Definitely. And with that, that's a hard 
topic to segue from. It, it is. So, Jess, this has been a meandering conversation. We've had some good points in there. Hopefully, this will help somebody if whoever you're out there, and this is this podcast goes out globally. Mm-hmm. Anyone can reach it. If we help one person, uh, I think it was well worth it as an episode. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. But before we go, what's hit on the Red Arrow Challenge? Yes. So the Red Arrow Challenge is our weekly virtual competition, mostly based on distances, but we also have composite points. And we, in one activity, it's actually based on calories. It is free to join. You go to our website at raxhw.org. Under the home tab, you can get the RAC, which is Red Arrow Challenge, FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, and create a username. Once you have a username, get going, get moving, record what you're doing. If you got questions, there's the FAQ right there. That fill it out, what counts, what doesn't. At the end of the week, you put in your totals right onto the log page, which is also under home. Put in your totals and wait for the leaderboards to show up. But we give special kudos to those champions in every category every week. Every week. On our podcast. So for this week. Swimming. Nine and under. Lilla Marsh. 10 to 19. Was a tie in swimming. Jojo and Ronin runs. Nice. 20 to 29. Lexi with two X's. Not three. Two. (laughs) 30 to 39, Wildcat. 40 to 49, Jesse's Girl. 50 to 59, Johnny Be Good. 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill. 70 to 79, Grandma May. Running. Nine and under, Lil Marsh again. 10 to 19, Nina. 20 to 29, Lexi. 30 to 39, Abel. 40 to 49, Fernanda. 50 to 59, Johnny Be Good. 60 to 69, nobody. 70 to 79, nobody. Walking. Nine and under, easy E. 10 to 19, Ronin runs. 20 to 29, Smytha. 30 to 39, Mrs. Coach. 40 to 49, Marsh. 50 to 59, Bill. 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill. And 70 to 79, No No Don. Biking on road. Nine and under, Rowan C, 10 to 19, Abby, 20 to 29, H. Keener, 305, 30 to 39, Cyclopath, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, J. Mar, 60 to 69, The Notorious Kilogram Ill, and 70 to 79, No No Don. Biking off-road. Not as much of this going on, but at 20 to 29 was a tie between our usual suspects of Samitha and Super Mario, 30 to 39, Rando 7, 40 to 49, another tie between Sarah 906 and Tim 906. Ooh. Kind of think they know each other. Maybe. And 50 to 59, Mrs. Golden. Sit down paddling. Nine and under, Seabass. 10 to 19, nobody. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 30 to 39, Rando 7. 40 to 49, another tie. Sarah 906, the Tim 906. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. No 60 to 69-year-olds, but at 70 to 79, it was Grandpa Bob and Grandma May. Another couple, I think, know each other (laughs) based on those names. 
Stand up paddling. The younger categories didn't really jump on this this week, but 20 to 29, H. Kaner 305. 30 to 39, Wildcat. 40 to 49, Coffee Dude. No 50 to 59-year-olds, but at 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill. Cross-country skiing. It was the usual suspects of 40 to 49, El Tiburon 95, and 50 to 59, Big Juan 64. Skating. You know, there was some people in skating I was expecting to see this week, and I just didn't. I actually was expecting to see JoJo, who's been one of our top skaters all summer. But nothing from JoJo in skating. But up in 20 to 29, it was Gator Boy. 30 to 39, our champion was Wildcat. And at 40 to 49, Great Juan. Hockey. Hockey is starting to open back up, and we're starting to see that in the numbers. So at 9 and under, Yellow Ninja, 10 to 19, Lucky Dude, 20 to 29, Lexi, 30 to 39, Wildcat, and 40 to 49, Great One. Points. So we put that all together under our special formulas, and we end up with 9 and under, Lilla Marsh, 10 to 19, Ronin Runs, 20 to 29, Lexi was on top this week, 30 to 39, Wildcat, 40 to 49, A Palomino. Yeah, A Palomino. That's right, A Palomino. Whatever A Palomino did this week in the individual categories, not number one, but when you put it all together on top. Awesome. Yeah, 50 to 59, Mrs. Golden. 60 to 69, Kilogram Mill. 70 to 79, No No Don. And then there are feature members, which are you and me. Woot. So I ran, uh, I biked on road, and I played hockey. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I did this week. I actually didn't get to go swimming or anything. I walked. Yay you. Yay me. I'm thrilled that I got to go play hockey. That's great. And in this current week, uh, this current week, you actually went biking with Bike Buchanan. I went biking with the Pachyderm Peddlers, which are both the groups that we... we uh, interviewed and highlighted back in what was that episode 20 and i've gotten to play hockey several times uh it's starting to come back in terms of we can't do official usa hockey but in terms of uh folks just running out the entire facility Mm -hmm. as long as we keep our numbers within state guidelines there and we stay follow the covid procedures we can go play yeah uh so i have played well out of my league and level but it's ice time mm-hmm. you know guys who are former d1 players it's like <laughs> i'm not at your level but mm-hmm. i will go fill a roster spot there you mm-hmm. go yeah and i played with uh the beginner level people which mainly was keeping an eye on kid one and i've got a game coming up with people actually at my level in age group yay so i'm excited that'll be fun Something to look forward to while I try to burn off the stress of Great. the craziness. Mm-hmm. And you, what kind of exciting stuff you got on the... I'm going biking with a friend next week. I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. More mm-hmm. biking? More biking. I love my bike. It's the best. Cool. Yeah. 
Well, if you want to join the Red Arrow Challenge, it's free to anybody. Uh, if you listen to episode three, it probably says uh, you got to subscribe for the 10 bucks a month. Yeah, we, we did away with that. Mm-hmm. So just get signed up, get moving, have fun, and see how you ranked up. And if you end up in the top of any of these categories, you will get mentioned on our podcast. Woot! Yes, internet famous. As they say in running. It's like getting featured on Instagram. Pain is temporary. Results on the internet are forever. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, Jess, uh, this episode that we were, you know, you and I had talked about, we originally, like I said, had a topic and we put that on the back burner because we wanted to talk about anxiety and stress and how to deal with that because that was what was relevant to our week. Yep. And we're like, well, this maybe, maybe we'll get an hour out of this. yeah we went a little bit over thanks to the tangents Uh, tangents are fun no they are fun but uh it's been fun Mm -hmm. talking about stuff that's not fun fun. that sounds twisted (laughs) but for now we're done so thank you for listening to this episode of the red arrow health and wellness podcast until next time bye bye